are our fingers perhaps a little more sticky than we might want to admit? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another edition of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. In this coming portion of Vayetze, we have a rather dramatic scene with a rather stunning comment. The scene is somewhat of a showdown between Yaakov Avinu, Jacob our forefather, and his father-in-law Lavan. Now, father-in-law jokes aside, Lavan was not the father-in-law that uh, all of us would love to have in our lives. Um, thankfully, Yaakov has married the daughters of Lavan, Rachel and Leah, the most famous Rachel and Leah among them. But Lavan is a cheat he is a liar, he is conniving, he is manipulative, and Yaakov has had a very treacherous life in the 20 years he has spent working for Lavan. It has been incredibly difficult. Yaakov has labored in heroic manner uh, for the sake of his father-in-law Lavan, working seven years for the right to marry a wife that ends up being swapped for another wife, and then seven more years for that wife, so he worked seven years anticipating Rachel, Rachel, ends up marrying Leah, seven more years as a thank you for eventually being given Rachel as a wife, and then another six years. He's worked a total of 20 years. Well, at this showdown, Lavan is challenging Yaakov for being a thief. And Yaakov turns to Lavan with Vayichar, with an anger. And he says to Lavan, is there an item among all of my goods? Is there anything that you can say came from your property. Now, that statement, being made by someone who spent 20 years living in the home and the environment of Lavan, and working for Lavan, can we say that if we've spent a week in someone else's home, a month, certainly a year, that there's going to be nothing among our property that was not mistakenly taken? Uh, A paperclip, a pen... Uh, uh, I forget about a towel or a robe, but nothing that came from that property. I mistakenly uh, kept a magazine we were borrowing or a book we didn't return. There's nothing at all. And remember, this is Yaakov talking, representing himself, his wives, who were Lavan's daughters, and his grandchildren. That there was such a regard for the property of the other that it is impossible that any of us took and didn't properly return any of your goods. And recalling as well, Yaakov's exit from the house of Lavan was rather rushed. This was not something that was planned for months and years. So they, they leave the household of Lavan and can absolutely guarantee that they have taken nothing. Not a single piece of luggage is from Lavan's household. They have not taken any object, any earthenware flask, any shepherding tool. Forget about any sheep or any goat, there is nothing in the property of Yaakov. He can say this with conviction. There is nothing in my property that belongs to you. Put this in perspective. Yaakov's workplace was love on world. What happens in our workplaces today? What is the norm in our society? Does it ever happen that people mistakenly take home something that really belongs to the corporation when they ultimately recognize that maybe that was a mistake? <clears throat> There's a, a magazine article in the Atlantic Magazine back in March. I just pulled up over here on my uh, screen. 
that the title of this article back in March 2019, giving credit to the author, Rini Chun, Workplace Theft is on the Rise. And the article has the following shocking um, line. Uh, When a forensic accounting firm surveyed workers in 2013, blank percent, guess the percent, blank percent admitted to stealing company property. No way I would have thought of this number. 52% admitted to stealing company property. Not 52%, but maybe it's possible that I took something and I didn't fully recognize and I wasn't fully cautious when I was taking home something to really pay attention. Was it mine? 52% admitted to stealing company property. Uh, The Association of Certified Fraud Examiners reports, the article continues, that um, the percentage, the the theft of non-cash property, jumped from 10.6% of corporate theft losses in 2002 to 21% in 2018. Managers routinely order up to 20% more product than is necessary just to account for sticky-fingered employees. Sticky fingers are causing 21% of corporate theft losses in 2018. 52% of people are admitting to stealing company property. Now, I am certain that nobody listening to this podcast considers themselves a thief. And that nobody is purposefully stealing company property. This article talks about taking not just a pencil from the supply closet, but pallets of them from the company loading dock. I don't know what people do with pallets of pencils nowadays anyway, but the possibility of theft for the sake of theft, stealing for the sake of stealing, that's hopefully totally out of our uh, frame of uh, possibilities. But could it be that we are occasionally taking something that deep down we have a sense that maybe, just maybe, this isn't, Glot kosher isn't the most perfect thing for me to take home, and maybe if I were to ask, I would really be told, no, 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 we really prefer that employees not take the pencils or the pens or the laptops or the office equipment, but is it possible that occasionally we are taking property and not being fully Yaakov-like? We are not so distant from the other person's property. We don't have, we haven't put up such a protective wall that we simply cannot take. We, we, we cannot even imagine our children taking. We can't imagine our wives who are your daughters taking your property because we have created such a mindset, such an attitude that what's not mine is absolutely not mine. Are we there? Or is it possible that we occasionally make errors of judgment in this regard? If it is, in fact, possible that sometimes we are slipping in this realm. It pays to remember a, uh, a theme taught by the Eben Ezra, the commentator of the Eben Ezra, addressing the last of the Ten Commandments. The Torah tells us, do not covet your neighbor's property. Don't even want somebody else's property. How can I not want somebody else's property? Comments the Eben Ezra. If we can imagine... The word has gone out that the princess has come of age and the king is looking for a son-in-law, for a nobleman to marry the princess, which of course projects that nobleman to the possibility of eventually sitting on the throne. To what degree does the average villager think for a moment, maybe that could be me. 
To what degree is he jealous of the nobleman who does win the princess's hand in marriage? Well, typically, he has no such expectation. He has no such thoughts. Maybe he's curious about this. There's some intrigue. He's reading about it in the local village people magazine. But it's not something that he entertains as a possibility because it's out of his league. It's a different box. That's so not me. I don't, I don't get uptight about the fact that I can't play that role. I don't get jealous of the one who does. And I don't consider taking it for myself. I don't consider potentially reaching out of my box to that zone. Well, says Ebenezer, Ezra, that's how we should view every dime or shekel or ruble or object that belongs to another person. If it's not mine, it's out of my box. It's simply not something that God sent my way. So, in concept, remembering that theme of that Ebenezer could be step number one, God has gifted me what he has gifted me, and what is beyond that is simply not mine. It's simply untouchable. It's something unthinkable. And therefore, I, I, my fingers can't mistakenly take that. But a potential second step that might be uh, an important practical step would be, again, we're not out there trying to steal for the sake of stealing, but we've rationalized it really doesn't matter, the company doesn't care, not such a big deal. It's probably one of those unspoken perks that they want us all to be able to have access to these goods. Is that how we would talk to ourselves if our supervisor, or his or her supervisor, or the boss man, or the company CEO, or the chairman of the board, if we would be a little more hesitant to take in their presence, or if you would be kind of stalling or trying to make it not so evident that we were taking this object, if there's some degree to which we're being a little more cautious because they are in the room, well, maybe, just maybe, that should be a little indicator that I'm not 100% convinced inside that this is really so perfectly kosher for me to take. And if that's the case, then it behooves us to try to project that image of, hey, the boss man's watching. And remember, even if it's not the boss who's signing my paycheck, it is the boss with a capital B that's signing my life success paycheck and, and my, my sustenance check and the determination as to our future. And if, in fact, I would be a little timid about doing this with somebody else in the know... Well, let's remember there is someone else in the know. Keeping these two things in mind, keeping the Eben Ezra approach that I try to train myself that what is not mine is simply unapproachable, unthinkable, irrelevant to me, and trying to conjure up that those things that I've kind of decided are mine, but I'm not so comfortable making it evident that I've decided that in front of some others, so let's be a little more cautious toward letting go. Uh, loosen up the stickiness of those fingers. Maybe uh, some uh, Torah Musser finger moisturizer would help us learn not to how to be comfortable taking hold of somebody else's property. Doing that, becoming more Yaakov-like, uh, having the capacity to say, I train myself, I train my family, we simply don't take what isn't ours, we don't take what isn't ours, even if there could be so much room, so much latitude to justify holding on to those goods. It's not mine, it's simply staying put and not coming home with me.
becoming Yaakov-like and having the capacity to say with conviction that I live with and I utilize and I maintain and I have my own goods and only my own goods will help each of us also be able to avoid any of the barriers against achieving our own tachlis.